Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. Football is back. All of your week one odds, props, promos, and parlays are available right now at Bet Online Sportsbook. And when you use our promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, you can get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the link in the description to this episode. Bet Online, where the game and the season starts. Last week, we talked NFL worst to first teams, but something that does also happen from time to time is the team will go from the top of their division straight to the basement. That's what we're discussing in this video. Last year's division winners were the following. The Buffalo Bills, Kansas City Chiefs, Cincinnati Bengals, Jacksonville Jaguars, Philadelphia Eagles, San Francisco 49ers, the Minnesota Vikings, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. When I say these teams out loud, which of them screams out regression to you? I mean, the, it's the answer everyone's thinking of, so I don't know how deep we want to go into it. It's obviously the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are right now the pick to finish fourth in the AF, in the NFC South right now. Like they, according to Vegas, are the fourth best odds to win the division. So not only is it possible that they regress, they are expected to regress to a place where they are going to be last. And the biggest part of that is you went from having Tom Brady to having maybe Baker Mayfield, which is still a maybe because it could also be Kyle Trask. And I assume Blaine Gabbert is still hanging around somewhere in that organization. Buccaneers have also had a whole bunch of injuries from the past couple of years. Joe Tryon is someone who they thought would end up being a, a, difference maker on the defensive side of the ball and hasn't worked out that way so far. Uh, they just drafted the guy from Pitt at the defensive tackle position to pair alongside Vita Vea. Uh, Devin White is looking for a trade because they're not going to give him a contract extension. And that cornerback room was just awful last year. <laughs> just awful from a team that had the best defense in the league uh, during that Super Bowl run to then just being awful in the cornerback room because everyone either retired, got old, or left. Uh, obviously, they brought back, was it Davis in the secondary, the corner? So that'll be a nice little plus for them. But I don't think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are anywhere close to being a first place team. And they just might be the worst. The only other teams I can think of in that group who will fall to last are teams that suffer an injury. And I guess of that group, the most valuable players to their teams are Joe Burrow with the Bengals and Justin Jefferson with the Vikings. Those would be the teams that if there's some sort of injury, maybe their season falls apart. I'll tell you who I think is least likely to go first to worst, the San Francisco 49ers. And why I will say that is because the 49ers, unlike every other team on this list, aren't as dependent on their quarterback situation. We saw it last year. Literally, you cycle through four or five quarterbacks in a season, and the 49ers were still able to get by on the talent on the roster alone. When I think about Kansas City or when I think about Buffalo or Cincinnati or Jacksonville, if any of these teams lost Trevor Lawrence, Mahomes, et cetera, for the rest of the season, they would 
probably be screwed. I mean, Chad Henney might be able to give a noble attempt for Kansas City, and I'm sure they'll win a lot of games just based off Andy Reid and the playmakers on that team alone. But you take Mahomes off that roster for an entire season, and Kansas City's screwed. If I told you that Brock Purdy, week one, something unfortunate happens, hoping it doesn't happen, I think they can still win some games with Trey Lance, with Sam Darnold, whoever they have to put in, because at the end of the day, whoever that quarterback is, they still have George Kittle to throw to. They still have Debo Samuel to throw to. They still have Brandon IU, Christian McCaffrey, the best left tackle in the game, and a all-pro level defense led by Nick Bosa and Fred Warner. So they'll still be okay so long as more injuries don't happen at those positions. For the 49ers, you need three or four injuries to really take them out of contention to the point where they go first to worst. You mentioned Tampa, circling back to them. I would just say, yeah, you look at the division around them. Carolina is starting to become more of a trendy dark horse pick to really go in there and have a good season. We mentioned the Falcons last week. I think that they kind of give me steady Eddie vibes. Like with B. John Robinson, I think there's going to be some improvement on that team. They're going to be tough for Tampa. And the Saints, they in theory should be an improvement with their car at quarterback. However, I still have question marks about Dennis Allen overall. I have question marks about Todd Bowles. I, I don't know if Todd Bowles is a good coach. I kind of am leaning towards no, because if Tom Brady couldn't make it work, which and ultimately led to Tom Brady's retirement, I think that that kind of gives you the answer. So yeah, they are the obvious favorite out of all these teams to have that regression season. I should apologize to the listeners real quick because uh, you mentioned Chad Henney being one Mahomes injury away. Chad Henney retired after the Super Bowl last season. Chad Henney walked away on the mountaintop. So uh, now uh, one Patrick Mahomes injury away from playing for the Kansas City Chiefs, that would be Super Bowl champion Blaine Gabbert. That is the backup quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs this season is Super Bowl champion quarterback Blaine Gabbert, which I'm sure he will come in and play like Nick Foles in the Super Bowl if the circumstances ever happened. Because I remember when Blaine Gabbert went 0-11 to start his career on the Jacksonville Jaguars when people tried to convince me that he was better than Cam Newton. So, yes, Kansas City having an injury would be a problem. Burrow's already injured, so that's already starting the chain of reaction for Just the Bengals. Just heard that he is clear for week one. It looks like Joe Burrow's health is fine, but yes, because we have literally saw that one two years ago, right? Joe Burrow, take him off this roster. Cincinnati's the last place team. Mm-hmm. It's entirely possible. Jacksonville less likely because of the, the division they play in. Buffalo, I think they could withstand losing Josh Allen. It wouldn't be ideal and they probably wouldn't win the division, but I don't think their whole season would fall apart. Uh, the 49ers are a great uh, bet by you to be the team most likely to finish first place again because this might be the most talented 49ers team of any of the last few years. And it's really hard to get to NFC championship games and it's really hard to get to Super Bowls. And yet the fact that people are coming back this year after the 49ers dominated the league the, the back end of the season. They were 10-0 to end the season between Jimmy G and Brock Purdy going in there. Like, they were 10-0. They were kicking ass. And then they lost to the Eagles when all of their running backs are, oh, sorry, their running back was playing quarterback at the end of the game. So, yes. And, and despite that fact, people are still picking the 49ers to be even better this season is absolutely remarkable. I think from top to bottom, they just might be the most talented roster in the NFL. I've been saying for years, they've been the most talented team, the, the most, the biggest collection of talent since the Legion of Booms 
Seattle Seahawks in the early 2010s when you talk about just seven pro bowlers on the offensive side of the ball, six all pro players on defense, one of whom they just gave away. Basically, they traded DeForest Buckner for Javon Kinlaw. And while people are saying good things about Kinlaw coming out of camp, like he just ran over a guard for the 49ers in one of the practices, while people are saying good things about Kinlaw, he's not DeForest Buckner and they just gave away DeForest Buckner and were still able to keep the machine rolling because now it's Hufunga who comes in and he's immediately a pro bowler when no one knew who he was. And the 49ers just have this ability to replicate talent. And I think that that was a good shout by you that they they might be the best collection of talent in the NFL and even more so than Philadelphia even more so than Kansas City or Buffalo or Cincinnati or Jacksonville, they have a chance to stay the course, even if they deal with injuries coming up throughout the season. And, you know, you brought up an interesting discussion, like made me think about this whenever you mentioned, obviously, Kansas City did have a switch at the back of quarterback position. Blaine Gabbert, good catch by you. Apologies again. Thought it was Chad Henney. It just feels like he's been there forever. But looking at the other <laughs> depth charts of those teams that, are really reliant on their quarterback. So Buffalo, their backup is Kyle Allen. Philadelphia, their backup, Mariota. Cincinnati has Jake Browning, a guy I honestly have never heard of, and Trevor Simeon back there. Right now, Jake Browning is the number two. And then for Jacksonville, 49ers, former quarterback, uh, CJ Beathard, former third-round pick there. Out of those, I, I again, with Jake Browning, I, I have no idea who he is, to be honest. I really don't. Hey, that is that is Sacramento's own Jake Browning. He played high school football about 15 minutes that way from where I'm sitting right now. He led Washington to the college football playoff in 2016. That is who Jake Browning is. I, I'm sorry <laughs> to Jake Browning and the Jake Browning family, but if Joe Burrow goes down and Jake Browning is taking snaps, yeah, the Cincinnati Bengals might be a last place team. Trevor Simeon comes in and takes snaps for the Cincinnati Bengals, significant snaps this year. I've seen enough Trevor Simeon play to know that he's not going to help your team win games. The Broncos knew that back in the day, too. Uh, Mariota with the Eagles. Uh, you mentioned the Niners have such a wide collection of talent that kind of props them up regardless of their quarterback situation. I wonder if they could survive Mariota at quarterback if Jalen Hurts had a missed significant time this year because Mariota, obviously we, we saw him get benched last year with the Falcons. One of those situations where we drafted a guy, we just kind of want to see what it is. We know we're finishing last place this year. What do you think, think about that? Like if Mariota has to play significant time on a talented team like the Eagles, could they get by? It'll look very similar to when Minshew took over the Eagles last year, which was, if you'll remember, they'll be able to beat the the mid-teams of the NFL. But when Minshew took over last year, when Hertz injured his shoulder, they lost to Dallas and they lost to someone else who was pretty good, I remember. Because he played three games, he went one and two, and one of the losses was to Dallas and one of them was to another good team. But, I can't remember yeah, right you, now. you will but, have to remember too with the Dallas game, he played great in that game. He had multiple touchdowns. Yeah, in that except game. except for the interception or fumble at the end. He had a turnover at the end of the game that cost them, but they were, you know, he had, it was like a 40 to 33 game. Yeah, CD Lamb was just going good. nuts in that game. I remember that one. That one I think cost me a fantasy football championship. So if Mariota is the quarterback, even if Nate Sudfeld is the quarterback of the Eagles, they will still be better than Washington. That I feel confident saying. I still think they'd be better than the Giants with Nate Sudfeld at quarterback. But would they be better than the Cowboys? Well, I'm not sure. Nate would they Sudfeld, get to the playoffs? Not maybe? on there. It's uh, 
if it comes down to it, third stringer is Ian Book. Ian Book. Oh, God. And Tanner McKee is that fourth stringer. Nate Sudfeld. Oh, he's in Detroit now. Good for Nate Sudfeld. Uh, So, yeah, maybe not Ian Book, but if if it's Mariota, they can get to the playoffs with Mariota. Now, when they get there, will they lose to maybe whichever team comes out of the NFC South? Uh, Probably, maybe. I don't know. I think it would be a closer matchup. But yeah, yeah, Jalen Hurts is a $50 million quarterback. Even if I don't think of him as like the the top of the top of the NFL, Jalen Hurts is a $50 million quarterback and was a big part of the reason they were good last year. As much as I love Jake Browning, Folsom Lake High School in Sacramento. Shout out to Jake Browning. Yeah, I said off the top, like the teams that would be least likely to withstand a major injury would be the Bengals losing Joe Burrow. I mean, Joe Burrow is just, I know they have Jamar Chase. I know they have T Higgins. I know Orlando Brown is here this year, but he is the catalyst of everything that goes on in Cincinnati. And the other one I'd say is Justin Jefferson. If Justin Jefferson goes down for the Minnesota Vikings, I don't know if they're going to be able to overcome that. Now, I don't know if they'll finish last in the NFC North this year, but like we talked about in a previous video, if I told you any of the teams in the NFC North were going to go eight and eight this year or eight and nine, you would believe me. If I told you Detroit, yeah. Minnesota, Green Bay, or Chicago were to go eight and nine, it would totally be in the realm of possibility. I will agree with you a little on Minnesota too, that they're not as dependent on if Kirk Cousins misses time, only because it's odd for me even saying this right now, but I think Nick Mullins could get by if you still gave him like Justin Jefferson. But ultimately for mm-hmm. the Vikings, they also have to deal with a defense that was just God awful last year. Hopefully that defense can do anything around the division. Going back to the main question of first to worst, would they fall behind the Packers? Would they fall behind the Bears? We mentioned the Bears seem to be ascending. The Lions seem to be ascending. The Packers kind of treading water. Would the Vikings fall below them if Justin Jefferson or Kirk Cousins or respectively of any of them miss time? That's something to monitor when it comes to the Bills. You know, the, I feel like the Bills, too. They're very much at risk if Josh Allen was missed time. I, I think he kind of downplayed whether or not they could survive a Josh Allen injury. But with Kyle Allen, could he come in with Stefan Diggs, uh, Gabe Davis? They have a good defense, certainly, but you also got to consider that uh, AFC East is, as we mentioned in the previous video, a dogfight. The Jets are better. The Patriots, we know, will always be good and will take advantage of a quarterback of Kyle Allen's ilk. And then the Dolphins are better. So if the Bills had any serious injury to Josh Allen, I don't think they could survive. The reason that I discluded Buffalo from that group is because last season, Buffalo was what you were just describing for San Francisco. They were the best collection of talent in the NFL, and there was no second place. I mean, it was night and day between uh, all, all the nerd stats that I won't bore you guys with. But basically, like if you took the projected win totals of every NFL team last year, Buffalo was two games ahead of the the next closest team in the regular season. Like they were just so far and above in terms of talent on the roster, better than anyone in the league. 
And while they're not as talented this year, obviously they've lost a couple pieces. They had to replace defensive line players leaving with like Connor McGovern on the offensive line. And they have to make choices about which players they keep and which players they extend. Uh, I've brought up the stat. They haven't drafted a pro bowler since the Josh Allen draft class in 2018. So they haven't necessarily been replenishing that talent. Granted, Ed Oliver's very good. He just hasn't made a pro bowl yet. But given the fact they haven't replaced talent maybe it becomes a bit of a question for buffalo but the bills were just so so talented last year that i find it hard to believe that that talent is going to fall all the way back to the pack in just one off season that it didn't feel like they lost any major pieces yeah so again if we're going to rank these most likely to go to first to worst uh tampa's the clear leading number one right we agree with that uh yeah probably i don't know i'd probably go with the minnesota at two I think Minnesota kind of, but with with that defense, if I believe that again, two of the teams in their division are ascending, and I think that the Packers, who knows, we'll we'll see with the Packers. Jordan Love actually looked good over the weekend. I don't know if that means anything, but if he ends up being a decent quarterback after all, if the Vikings run back with this defense and they do experience an injury, that could really suck for them. Cincinnati, when I look at the division around them, if Joe Burrow was to experience any health scares or anything then they would be at risk i would probably go buffalo next i think buffalo again with the division around them if josh allen gets hurt they might be most at risk we talked about the drama they had in the offseason and it feels like that team was starting to break apart towards the end i i mentioned it earlier i think the niners are last on the list but behind them i probably put the chiefs because even again if mahomes gets hurt and it does end up having to be blamed gabbert I still give the benefit of the doubt to Andy Reid. I still give the benefit of the doubt to Travis Kelsey. If they can make this Chris Jones thing get figured out, they have enough pieces there to survive any kind of injuries or something that could be thrown them. Then I would probably go Philadelphia Philadelphia there because, again, talent on the roster. Mariota, we've seen him win a playoff game in the past. I don't know if Mariota will ever be that good again in his career, but he has won a playoff game when he was surrounded by elite talent. So, Decent backup quarterback situation, and uh, I know I've just missed one. Who am I missing? Who it's the I? it's the one that is the one I don't know what to do with, which is Jacksonville. I'm just like, I mean, Jacksonville is not blow you out of the water, but also they play in that division uh, again. If Jacksonville was to go first to worst, it would be because Trevor Lawrence missed significant time, right? I think that we can agree on that. Or Doug Peterson turns into like an Urban Meyer situation, but yeah, he like kicking I, kickers. The only the only qualm I would have is like it feels weird to put Buffalo over Jacksonville, but like between the two of them, it's they're pretty close to each other. But the other six, I agree with. Yeah, you you have to factor in division and what's around them. And and I think that if Buffalo just had a rough season, a rough start this season, the there's three teams in their division that could jump them that I can make a case for that can jump them. That's fair. I guess I'd just call it a tie for fourth. Cause again, I don't, I don't disagree with you. It just feels so weird to say Buffalo's more likely to finish last place than the Jaguars. Cause Buffalo was the most talented football team in the NFL going into last year. And the Jaguars were the team that had the number one pick a year, two years ago. So I guess you're proud. I don't disagree with you. It just feels so weird to put Buffalo over Jacksonville. All right, guys, let us know in the comment section, which team do you believe is most likely to go from first to worst? Leave a like on the video, subscribe to the channel, follow us on all our social medias from Juju and Kyle. Stay safe, happy, and healthy. We will see you next time.
One of the biggest stories in media last week is Shannon Sharp, after years of being with Skip Bayless on Undisputed, will be taking his talents to ESPN to join Stephen A. Smith twice weekly on First Take. Well, Uncle Shay Shay certainly gave us a great topic here today because on his Twitter, he released his top 10 quarterbacks in the NFC, waiting on that AFC version. But Kyle, this is going to be your first reaction. This is going to be the audience's first reaction. Let's go down the top 10. Starting at number 10, Jordan Love, the Green Bay Packers quarterback with not a lot of game tape, will be number 10. At number 9, former Super Bowl champion Matthew Stafford. 8, Derek Carr. 7, Daniel Jones. And number 6, a rookie, Bryce Young. Number 5, Kirk Cousins. Number 4, Dak Prescott. Number three, Jared Goff. Number two, Jalen Hurts. But no, that is not the most shocking part of this list because number one, (laughs) you haven't heard his name yet, but you're about to. Justin Fields of the Chicago Bears is Uncle Shea Shea, Uncle Shannon's number one quarterback in the NFC coming into this year. Kyle, how do you feel about that list? It's uh, certainly shocking to any casual observer. First of all, I'm a little bit like sad at myself just because in my brain, I was going through NFC quarterbacks when you got to number one. And I was like, he's not going to say Geno Smith, is he? It's not going to be Geno Smith at number one. (laughs) But I forgot about Justin Fields. He's my guy. I love Justin Fields. And I forgot about Justin Fields. Number two was, who did he say number two was again? Was it number two was Jalen Hurts. Two was Jalen Hurts. Number three, was, three Goff. was Goff, four Dak, five Kirk, number six was Bryce Young, seven Daniel Jones, eight Derek Carr, nine Stafford, yeah. and ten Jordan Love. Other than Geno Smith not being in the top ten, which I think is just kind of like a mutual respect thing of like, hey, Geno Smith, you probably deserve that. Not a whole lot of issues seven through ten or seven through eleven. The one thing I will say is that While we haven't seen a lot of Jordan Love, I have seen slightly more of Brock Purdy. So I guess I would say Brock Purdy ahead of Jordan Love at this point. I would include Bryce Young in any list just because he's played zero NFL games at this point. So I would just remove him from the conversation. So like six through 10, I don't really have any big issues with like, sure, maybe Brock Purdy should have been number 10 or maybe Geno Smith should have been ahead of all of those people, but uh, not really something I'm going to like hang my hat on. Jared Goff, I I mean, it's only one spot difference, so I'm not going to like pound my fists on the table and be upset, but like, I still think Dak Prescott's a better quarterback than Jared Goff, right? Like, I feel like the the needle hasn't swung all the way back around on that one to where I'm like, I, I don't think Dak Prescott is lower than Jared Goff. I don't even know if Jared Goff is better than Kirk Cousins. I think Jared Goff and Kirk Cousins, I don't have an issue with if you put one over the other or the other and over one. I don't think it makes that much of a difference, but like, I feel like Dak Prescott still deserves to be number three, right? (laughs) But I mean, the biggest outlier of them all is just Justin Fields does not deserve to be above Jalen Hurts, especially coming off last year, knowing what we know. Jalen Hurts established himself as a true MVP candidate. And Justin Fields can only hope to do that this year, which I guess if you're Shannon Sharp, you're looking at this and you're saying to yourself, I'm going to factor in potential. I'm going to factor in potential into my list. And if you want to make a case that I think Justin Fields has the most potential out of anyone on this list, okay, I can hear that argument. But to outright say he's the best quarterback in the NFC, 
no, I can't buy that argument. I haven't seen best quarterback in the NFC talent yet from Justin Fields. It could be unlocked this year, but so far in the two years we've seen him, he's not the best quarterback in the NFC. Again, even I, I would give him enough respect to put him above guys like Daniel Jones. Maybe you could kind of split hairs on that decision. Derek Carr, I feel like we've talked about it for years. Like he's played at a Pro Bowl caliber and the Saints, you're certainly hoping in acquiring him this year that he could bring some of that, be able to work well with guys like Olave and Kamara when he gets off his suspension. But right now to have Justin Fields at one is just crazy, crazy to me. And even Stafford being at nine, I mean, I'm not the biggest Stafford fan of the world, but the Super Bowl wasn't forever ago. It was literally two years ago. He had a back injury. Sure. He had a neck injury. He had a lot of injuries, but I think Matthew Stafford deserves a little bit more love on this list. And I'll even throw out too, uh, Kirk Cousins. He might be the second best quarterback in this conference right now at this point too, just given what I've seen. Okay. I'm not usually one for the flaming spicy takes on here, but I'm going to, since this is the topic that requires something like that, I'm just going to throw this out here. Matthew Stafford is cooked, cooked. It's over for Matthew Stafford. Just putting that out there right now. Over for Matthew Stafford. It's not coming back. He is physically broken. It's cooked. Game over for Matthew Stafford. To your point about Justin Fields and Jalen Hurts, I agree. Jalen Hurt is number one. Justin Fields is number two. But I'm not so upset about it as compared to you. It's not crazy to say that Justin Fields and Jalen Hurts are on the same tier because I can name you five quarterbacks that I know right now are better than Jalen Hurts and they're all in the AFC granted it's Patrick Mahomes Joe Burrow Justin Herbert Josh Allen Lamar Jackson maybe that's just playing the small sample size game on Jalen Hurts maybe it's playing the Jalen Hurts doesn't have as much talent as Justin Fields or many of those quarterbacks that I just named maybe that's the game I'm playing there but it's not outlandish to say that Jalen Hurts is number one and Justin Fields is a close second. I think it's too early to call on Justin Fields to say definitively where he is in this game. And that's going to fluctuate a lot year over year. So maybe Shannon Sharp's getting out ahead of the curve on Justin Fields. Like four weeks into the season, we're going to be like, yes, Justin Fields is this MVP candidate. But I don't think it's crazy to say that Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields are just one in. Now, Fields over Hurts, I'm not going to go that far right now. But at the same time, I don't think it's that crazy to say that they're one and two in some order. It's crazy. I'm sorry, Kyle. But it's outlandish. It is wild because if I am starting, uh, I'm putting a team together right now and I need someone to just play me one NFL game, I would put Dak in over Justin Fields. I would put Kirk in ahead of Justin Fields. At this current point in time, I can't trust Justin Fields to win me a big game. Like, if this is a do-or-die game for the fate of the universe, I don't think Justin Fields is in my first five NFC quarterbacks that I'm putting under center. Like, that that's how I look at a list like this. If I'm putting this today, which Shannon Sharp put out this week, this is his list, then I have to evaluate it as such. And, you know, again, we're going to talk other outliers here too. Uh, Jared Goff, again, you mentioned putting him ahead of Dak. Yes, I agree with you. I think that that's wild to me as well. I think Goff being ahead of Cousins is wild. Goff, probably four or five. And yes, Bryce Young, let's just get him off the list for now. Like it, Mike Sando doesn't even put like rookie quarterbacks in his quarterback tiers list for that very reason, because 
we don't know. We don't know how good Bryce Young's going to be. We don't know how good CJ Stroud or Anthony Richardson is going to be. We'll find out, but you brought up a great name too. Brock Purdy needs to be on this list based off eight games, eight times as many games as we've seen from Jordan Love practically. So I would rather see yeah. him on air. And Geno Smith. I get that. We got to give respect. I'm giving respect to a Seahawk here in doing this. Geno Smith went to a Pro Bowl, and even if it was in the week, NFC quarterback conference that we have, Geno Smith earned his stripes last year to come in after potentially best Seahawk of all time. Russell Wilson leaves the team and lead that team to a playoff. Incredible. He deserves it to have his shine in the top 10 this year, even if we think it was a flash in the pan. Yeah, I'm not even saying respect like at the, as the Pro Bowl quarterback he is. The only respect I'm saying is like, can we put him next to Daniel Jones? That's all the respect I'm asking for is just, can we put him next to Daniel Jones? <laughs> like seven or eight. That's all I'm saying for Geno Smith is just, can we put him like him and Daniel Jones in the same tier? And that tier for me is ask me again at the end of the season about both of those quarterbacks. I'm not even going to pretend I know. Just ask me at the end of the season how I feel about Daniel Jones and Geno Smith. <laughs> so we have Geno Smith left off. Kyler is left off too, I should say. And I, I don't know what's going to happen with Kyler this year coming off the ACL. But if you told me Kyler was outside the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFC a year ago, I would thought you were Looney Tunes. And this is kind of making this list look a little bit more Looney Tunes as I kind of read it. Just if, again, I assume Kyler comes back at any point this year and looks like Kyler has in the past, he's at least a top 10 in the NFC. Whether he's a top 10 in the NFL, different conversation. But top 10 in the NFC, I can make that case for Kyler Murray. Who else is left off? Sam Howell, I understand it. I get it. Above Jordan Love, below Jordan Love, I don't know. Just about the same amount of game tape you have. So so the list of people who get left off, I think at this point, are is a lot of people who we don't have game tape on. So I can name four people who I can think of right now. It's it's Brock Purdy, it's Jordan Love, it's Trey Lance, and it's Bryce, uh, I guess Sam Howells technically, because he's technically a starting quarterback, but Bryce Young would be the other one that I think of. I think all of the people Falcons are too. He fair left to off, keep off the list. He left off Ritter or Ritter. Heineke as well too in this. And that's and, also too coming off. He's a guy from Georgia. Did he leave too, it so. off or did they... I was going to well, say, did he leave it off or did well, they not deserve it? Did not deserve it. Did not deserve it. But if we were to see the rest of this list, one through 16, it'd be interesting to see where you put it. I know he's harsher on the Falcons in particular from because he's from the area. Yeah, you know, like, again, you, you mentioned it as we've seen game tape from Brock and everything. Can Brock be as good or better than Jordan Love if they both play up to their prospect status? Absolutely. He has been in the NFL. I like Shannon. Part of me thinks that this is to just get everyone hyped on his arrival on first take, which could come any day, any week now. But um, <laughs> I, I'm curious to see how Stephen A is going to approach this one. It's going to be a lot of I love you, brother, but you're crazy kind of stuff, I'm sure. Yeah, so if, if we were putting it together right now, here's the the tiers that I would break it down to. The, the tier one would be Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields. Uh, the tier two would be Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, and Dak Prescott. Although I think Dak Prescott might be in a like tier one and a half of like he's he's not quite Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields, but he's also not quite Jared Goff or Kirk Cousins. So maybe Dak is like firmly number three. Then you've got the Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins. Then you've got the Daniel Jones, Dino Smith. Then you've got the Stafford, Derek Carr, just because we we have a sample size on them. And then I'd put the group of guys where 
we we'll find out later, which is Trey Lance, Jordan Love, Bryce Young, and Brock Purdy in that group. And then Kyler Murray, I understand just leaving him off just for the sake of he might not play this season. So there's not really a point to kind of add him into the list. But if we were doing this, say, at the beginning of last season, I think Kyler would be in that group with Dak Prescott is like the three or four best quarterback in the NFC. But I understand just leaving him off for the sake of he's probably not going to play this year. Yeah, that's the only case in terms of that. But yeah, they're they're just issues I have. And hey, if you are buying into Justin Fields as top two right now today, I mean that that's on you. I disagree with it just because I think I'd rather lean on guys that I I know what I'm getting. Justin Fields still has to prove that to me, and I feel like he hasn't proved that to me quite yet. Again, there's still time. There's this this season to develop and see how it happens. Uh, he has the playmakers now, so this third year will be instrumental in determining how good Justin Fields will be in the long run of his NFL career. But all right, guys, well, you heard Shannon's list. You heard Uncle Shay Shay's list. Welcome to Club Shay Shay. Coming to first take here soon. Uh, what do you think of the list? Absolutely Looney Tunes, or do you kind of agree with it? I'd like to hear your thoughts in the comment section. From Juju and Kyle, stay safe, happy, and healthy. Subscribe, like, all that good stuff. We'll see you on the next video. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.